Dentistry Stories. The views expressed by any individual in this interview are entirely their own and are not necessarily shared by Denver Street Stories. Denver Street Stories is an active supporter in the LGBTQ community. We stand with the Black Lives Matter movement, and as intersectional feminists, we support equity and equality for all peoples. Denver Street Stories supports sovereignty and land back to indigenous communities. We strive to actively deconstruct oppressive colonialist structures. Denver Street Stories, these are our stories. Welcome to part two. If you missed part one, be sure to check it out. But, and I know already that, that housing insecurity disproportionately affects uh, trans and non-binary people for sure. But even without that, um, like if you're in a position where societally you're expected to work less, or even if you do work, you're only making 80 cents on the dollar compared to certain other people, like already you are set up to have a harder time um, maintaining housing. I know for myself, I, like I've been in a lot of situations where I was living with people and I really felt like, um, like I couldn't do it on my own. I really had to have a, be in a relationship. And, and I think it's a lot of societal stuff. Like obviously it's like, oh, we'll find a friend or whatever and go and have a roommate or, or things like that. But you know, there are a lot of other pressures. Um, and, and so, you know, you end up like, feeling like, oh, I'm glad that I'm housed, but having to put up with a lot of, um, like, feelings of unsafety, or even if not that, just like, uh, like feelings of like your autonomy being stepped on, or, um, or like, you know, you have to cook clean and work in order to, you know, to, to, to live with somebody else. But I look for house, like I do look at housing, not as much as I used to, because now I'm like, you know, I'm, I can't afford anything. Um, but I have joined like some housing groups because I'm like, well, maybe somebody will let me park there. And it hasn't happened yet, <laughs> um, but I do still see. And folks are like, you know, it's eight to eight, 800 to $1,100 to have like two to five roommates in a house. Um, and I think like, you know, it's good. Like everybody gets housing, but also like, that's a lot. That's a significant amount of money. Um, and it's like, there's no rent caps and there's no, um, there's no safety net, there's no security. Like, it's and one thing to choose to live in that environment, but it's another thing to be like, I literally, like I can't, like I have to be in that environment or I don't get like, housing. <laughs> and the fact that housing is like for profit, like nobody should be profiting Absolutely not. off of someone else just li living. Like mm -hmm. you should be able to just live. And I've been thinking recently about how many different um, entities benefit from people remaining poor and remaining unhoused. I mean, remaining poor, like that's a whole other, like that's, that's, that's even bigger. Thing. That's huge. There's so many, but just about houselessness, like for example, all the shelters, all of these, um, groups that all of their work is focused on services to houseless people. Um, Denver rescue mission is at like 153 years mm -hmm. in business, in business, like, you know, because, even the nonprofits, like they're all making money. Like nonprofit means there's no money left over. So if you are going to have money left over, you just allocate it to the CEO, and there's no money left over. <laughs> now you're nonprofit, um, and <laughs> so it's. But like yeah, so none of them, none of these groups, uh, Catholic Charities, VOA, like none of those groups have incentive for houselessness to no longer be an issue because they mm -hmm. lose all of their state and federal funding 
in order to, to and which, you know, which also pays their way. Something that cops say to me when I'm talking to them about why are you enforcing the sweep right now is, well, if I didn't, this is my job. If I didn't do my job, I'd be right here on the streets with these people. Is that what you want? And I'm like, you're, you're so close to, to getting it. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, there's, there, it's, it's way too, too common. Um, at like, you know, how these housing structures, uh, like in, in some, in a lot of places, like land, uh, landlords, the sun is bothering me. Yeah, do you want to move landlords, um, you know, they can write empty units off on their business insurance and get paid for them. And yeah. in some cases, like, you know, there's a certain number of units that it behooves you to leave those empty because you get more money um, and less risk or liability by keeping them empty than by moving families into them. Um, and as you say, like for-profit housing is fucked. <laughs> like that's that should never have ever made it yeah. to the drawing board. Um, for-profit housing, for-profit food. Um, I mean, for-profit labor. Because I was, yeah, corporations. <laughs> like corporate. Like none of these places with the most money, these corporations, um, have any incentive for houselessness or poverty to be resolved. Mm -hmm. um, like I know that it's like like out of vogue to use slave labor and child labor and stuff. Um, but a lot of corporations do it until they get caught. And even then they keep trying to do it until they get caught again. Yeah, um, or just like find loopholes and ways around it. Right, and, so, and you know, and in the United States there's convict leasing and um, a lot of items that we use and take for granted every day are created by um, people who are really basically not being paid for their labor um, who are in prison. And as we already said, you know, there's a huge racial issue with, yeah. with who is getting arrested. And that is, definitely happens with like immigrants too, like yes. not being paid for their labor. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, and then to get into um, like domestic labor and how that does tend to be people of color and, and pretty much always, um, women or people who are who are put in that like subservient role mm -hmm. and this is all like all child care cleaning all of that is considered low respect jobs um that you have you must do you have to do mm -hmm. um, and the whole and idea of like unskilled labor how is there any kind of labor that's unskilled yeah. like that and like paying people less for doing unskilled labor construction and things like that right i mean it's all a way i think for different groups to put more money into their own pockets um like if you're a decision maker why like are you going to advocate for yourself to have a lower wage so that other people can have <laughs> yeah, a higher of course wage? not it just it just doesn't happen that way um which is really frustrating i can't i struggle because i can't wrap my mind around it because i'm like I don't want money. Um, I would love to figure out like if I had anything to leverage to use it to bring up other people. Like I don't need a, a, a salary, like raise their salaries or like I feel like I would make different decisions, but you know, that's why I'm poor and living at a park. <laughs> I feel like, but people have kind of like a mentality about things where they think that resources are scarce and there's like not enough to go around but they don't realize that if everybody in the community were to share resources and support each mm -hmm. other like there would be so much abundance for everybody for sure i mean that about scarce resources i'm like if you're not even trying to distribute the resources to everybody how are you going to claim that they're like like if you are trying and there's not enough to go around actually then yeah, then if maybe 1 there's percent resource of scarcity, the population but... is like holding all the resources then yeah that's why there's yeah. no resources and if, for everyone. and if a lot of resources are are kept behind a paywall 
it's not accessible. Um, I really think that um, every like how's everything needs to be more accessible. Except jobs. Fuck jobs. Abolish jobs. <laughs> I'm so I'm so not into it. I would really love to get to a, like for everybody collectively to get to a place where we can say, wait, everybody needs housing. So why are some people? Oop, you have a spider being gatekept from housing. Uh, just because just because of lack of payment like if everybody needs it then why would it be something that only some people can access um, and so I would love for people to be like food all of us need food why is this grocery store profiting why are all these advertising brands profiting from us needing food we should just have access to it um, and water like you said like there should just be water stations mm-hmm everywhere for people everybody would benefit absolutely from that. i mean a lot of things are just generally anti-homeless like a lot of stuff that would benefit disabled people people with young children um i mean really like it's kind of like when you like when the people at the very bottom are free then that would mean that everybody is free um Kambahi river collective said like when black women are free that would mean that everybody has to be free because if you are actually going to provide for the least of the people everything that benefits the least of us benefits everybody else um, it, it really like there is no trickle down it literally is not it, it doesn't happen mm -hmm. um because the people at the top they want to protect their position, their status, their house, you know, whatever, their, their, their vision of themselves or, mm -hmm. or whatever. Because, um, like, I grew up in a situation where um, my parents broke up before I was born, but I lived with each unit at different times. So I got to compare. My mom, always poor, um, always working hard, um, constantly working and not desk jobs. <laughs> uh, and then my dad, his family, um, like his parents working from home, him uh, doing, like, having some telecom job or whatever, making the big bucks, buying homes to live in for a year and a half and then selling it to move into another house, like no issues um, obtaining anything. And they treated my mom so shittily. I think there's also a racial component. My mom's black and that those folks are, are white and they are definitely, from my own experiences, racist. Um, but I do think that you see that a lot. Like typically, well, like customer service, you know, why, why do angry people take it out on the customer service person who has the least power and control in the entire fucking company. Um, I think there, it's always that hierarchy. All, like so many people need to feel above somebody else. And like I, yeah. in a society based on hierarchy, like there's always going to be people at the bottom. Yeah, there has to be because then you, otherwise you, you lose the, no one at the high, top. Yeah. <laughs> there always has to be somebody at the bottom. Um, Ooh, Marta Russell was a, a writer and activist back, I want to say, in like the 90s and early aughts. And she talked about the, she called it like the reserve army, but it's basically like if you, she was talking about disability, but I think it applies to um, anybody who can find themselves in a place of desperation. Um, the idea is that the society gets to decide who they want to prioritize. And then when things get bad, like say um, there's like issues with inflation, um, uh, crisis like you know the COVID pandemic a lot of people losing jobs things like that then all of a sudden they can call on these desperate people they can call on the disabled people they can offer opportunities to houseless people that otherwise wouldn't be allowed so these people 
uh, then get to continue keeping keeping things running. Yeah, and then exactly. as soon as stuff gets back to normal, as soon as all your normal people can get back to work, guess who's losing their jobs? Mm -hmm. Guess who's losing their benefits yeah, and going I back like to where they were? People don't think about how like our society literally benefits from people being unhoused. Mm -hmm. It benefits from anybody that it can exploit like when it wants. Mm -hmm. And that's like really the biggest issue yeah as like as somebody who falls in that exploited person category i find it quite distressing <laughs> and i wish that people who didn't find themselves in the exploited category also found it distressing <laughs> yeah that that that's the issue when people are like they can just ignore it it's such a bummer because i like it's as we look along history and all the struggles like the um like labor struggles uh, human rights struggles it always ends up being people fighting for themselves. Why don't people reach a fuck across the aisle? Why don't like why aren't there like people have so much power? And if we all fought like for each other and together, mm -hmm. like then we would achieve justice and like equity for everybody. Yeah, it makes me think of the of the I want to say the 14th amendment where um like they're like all right these things will be allowed for all people. But then everybody's like, okay, but who counts as all people? So first it was like, all right, enslaved people count as all people. So now this is for enslaved people. But then, you know, gay folks are like, well, what about us? And they're like, oh, all right, now we have to have another fight. Mm -hmm. And then what about, you know, every single group has to have another fight when it's all the same argument. Yeah, it's, it's all, all hey, same. we all should have access to basic things, but it has to be a whole um, fight for every single individual group. Whereas you say, if we could just um, work together and say, nah, like everybody, like, like, like nothing for one group everything for every every group that we just have the fight once and then ideally everything is better on the other end for it but now we have such a battle against like popular sentiment um and like people people having warped ideas about like you know they houses people can't be allowed can't be permitted in the area because of market rates or like just little things like that like people are so caught up I say people, I'm speaking very generally. I guess I mean, in this case, like, say, house people and business owners who are mm -hmm. against house people and are against the types of things that house people would say that they want. Um, they just get get caught up in, with these other types of ideas. But as I say, like, you know, if we are squabbling amongst each other, then uh, then we will have less time and energy to uh, to actually force the government to be different or to do something different and to step up. Instead, we can just have these fights in the streets. Mm -hmm. These fights in the streets don't make it up to the actual, to like DC or whatever, the actual, the actual, um, the top, top decision makers. Okay, so I guess this is my last question because I think we got to wrap it up soon. Um, but I guess like, how do you think that we can help people to come together better to like fight these issues more like as one intolerance <laughs> i would say like we really have to start putting our feet down and say no not everybody's opinion matters on every subject um, and so if there's people who are worried about their market rates shut it down tell them <laughs> no like that's not a valid valid concern here um i don't know like i've honestly thought about like like maybe there needs to be discussions with like I hate to center the people who are against these issues, but if we really need their numbers, um, like you know having conversations with these people in housing who are so against houseless people about well like what what are you concerned about what are your fears um, 
like I can tell you really care about your your community you want to keep it safe for the kids and and you want to protect your investments and things like that so like you know so what is it and 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 it's and it's I mean I don't know like I I even disagree with myself saying that I just can't think of anything else basically I hate to give more platform to to a lot of a lot of those folks who who are against um basic rights and access and accessible things for for all people uh, it's but, a big question to think about yeah I mean I don't know <laughs> like what like what do you do like if you need those people um and I guess that's a question too do you need them maybe it, like it is more about like trying to convert moderates to let people know that you can't stay in the middle you know any any um, any lack of any indecision or not taking action is putting points on the side of people who are going to keep these keep mm -hmm. keep access away from people and I guess like that's part of what we're trying to do with Denver Street yeah. Stories is like show people's stories and like get people to just have more empathy and just like think about other people a little bit more yeah here like, here the facts reach out to more people don't make it up and if you're going to have views about a group make sure those views are coming from the group and not from somebody who just has thoughts about the group exactly yeah Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking with us. That was an awesome interview. And I love your Kraken. And I think you should go eat your food now because it awesome. smells so good. I know. I should probably stir it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Denver Street Stories. We aim to help change a narrative surrounding homelessness by providing a platform to amplify necessary and diverse voices. We hope this sheds some light into a world often pushed aside and disregarded. We should hate less, love, and listen more.